Between the kids being home and hosting, everything in our house gets used up in summer. With Instacart, I can save money by stocking up on all my favorite summer brands. I save time by getting everything delivered in as fast as an hour. And I save myself a sink full of dirty dishes by stocking up on paper plates for the annual summer cookout. Save more on summer essentials? Spend more time enjoying summer. Add summer to cart. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. He is Rod. I am Cameron. Uh, and Michigan State cannot pull another one out. Uh, they go down to Maryland, seventy-three to fifty-five. Um, Rod, it seemed like the defense played good enough in this one, um, but there was they got it down to five with about ten minutes left, um, and then just went on a drought. You know, about like zero for seven or something like that. A pretty bad drought, um, and then Maryland pushed it back out to 7, 9, 11, uh, and then it just got a, kind of spun away from them. What, what was your initial take on this one? Well, I, I think it was a combination of two things. One clearly is Michigan State did not play well, and, and I'm going to differ with you a little bit. I did not think Michigan State was very good defensively no. at all. No, I, I thought they were really bad. But part of saying they were bad – is the other part of the whole equation, which is I thought Maryland was really good. Yeah, I thought Maryland, yeah. both sides, especially defensively, Maryland was great. You want to tell you, Michigan State's been using this word connected lately. Maryland was connected at both ends, and they just made life extremely difficult on Michigan State to get anything resembling a good look. Mm-hmm. And you have to be better. This is where the Michigan State was bad part comes in. You got to be better to punish them for what they're doing. So they frequently, Aaron Henry, wherever he was on the floor, but anybody remotely in the vicinity of the paint had two or three guys coming at them. Michigan State never or very, very rarely made them pay for that. Yeah. Um, that's a problem. But again, I give Maryland credit because they they applied doubles and triples while being able to recover in virtually textbook fashion. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I thought that was an outstanding, outstanding effort from them. You know, and, and one of the big problems is, and we talked about this in the preview, that a challenge Maryland presents for you is that Scott is such an unconventional five-man, you know, Um so that means, and you saw it, when Michigan State tried to play their bigger players, they started the game with Marble. He was getting fried. Bainham played briefly. He had no chance. You can't play those guys. 
I, I thought the, the one opportunity that maybe Michigan State missed a little bit was when they came in with the Smith kid. That was a period where I thought maybe they could have gotten Markey in and seen if he could impact the game with his length defensively because Maryland really punished them at the rim on penetration. Or if Markey could have gotten loose for, you know, his two or three buckets a game he's, he's, uh, contributing these days. They, they never really tried to do that. I think most of the time Smith was in there, at least in my memory, unless you had Hauser on the floor, which I get it. Maybe you're hoping Joey's going to shake loose for a three, but uh, that to me, if you were ever going to do it with the, your size, that was the, the time to, to spring it. But, but that said, you know, part of the problem is Michigan State, Michigan State's best interior players are not true big men. It's Henry. You know, finally, Malik Hall showed up today, did some things at the rim. I thought he had a good game. Hauser can do some stuff at, at times. Those are their best players at the rim. It's not Markey or, you know, Marble occasionally can get it going down there, but he's nothing resembling consistent. Kithy or Sissoko, those are not your, your back to the basket players. So Michigan State doesn't have a great team to punish Maryland's lack of size. You know, I think Maryland matching up against a Michigan, against an Iowa, teams like that, Illinois, they probably have issues because those teams have giants in the middle, you know, and, and they can, and giants who know what to do with the ball on the blocks. Yeah. Michigan State just does not have that kind of team. And, and you saw how much MSU struggled to get interior play going today. I mean, the, the three, yeah, they weren't hitting threes. But they were taking just an insane amount of them in it. And I think it was largely born out of the fact that they struggled so much to even get the ball in the paint, never mind score down there. The times where they were patient enough to get it, you know, Hall had a period, it's maybe the one lineup issue I had with Izzo. You mentioned they got it to five. They then took Malik out of the game. I know. I, I wouldn't have done that. He was playing well. He was getting loose on some some pick-and-slip stuff, and I thought he was holding up defensively. I wouldn't have made that move, but they may have felt he was getting tired. I, you know, I don't know. I have to defer to them on that. But just based on gameplay, that is not a move I would have made at that point. I would have ridden Malik the rest of the way because he finally showed up and played a good, solid game. And and I think he was giving Maryland some problems. Um, I, I felt but, a little uh, bit about like the same way about Rocket Watts. Um, he took he hit that three, and then he came down a few plays later and got that runner, and then he got a foul, his third foul, and they took him out. Yeah, I, 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 I he's such a momentum guy. I I feel I feel similarly about that one too. Now that you mention it, because I just think this game, you know, AJ Hogard made a couple plays. He had a couple moments, mostly early in the game after Rock got the second foul. But the longer you play him, the more the issues are going to show up, and they did. I thought he was bad defensively at times. You know, just couldn't locate shooters, couldn't close on them. I uh, got burned there. He had the one really bad turnover that he just dribbled into in transition. Um, I just thought he really struggled and. And frankly, Michigan State was better off doing what they did when they made that move to put Josh essentially at the point mm-hmm. rather than bring AJ back in. I, I think, I think right now in these last three games, I wouldn't screw around too much with AJ Hogarth minutes. That's me. Yeah. I, I just wouldn't. I would, 
if if Rocket can't be on the floor, I'd be going with the Langford Henry point guard by committee thing. That would be me. Maybe AJ gets one turn and that's it. But you can't afford to play him in these games. You have to win. I just don't see it. Um, but yeah, I, I again, I I think it was very much a combination of Michigan State playing not very well and Maryland playing really well. Um, you know, Maryland did things that they're not supposed to do, um, like shooting free throws the way they did. Yeah. It was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. You know, but sometimes that's going to happen. Um, even when Michigan State defended them well, they had a knack for hitting tough shots in this game. So you got to give them credit for that. And then I thought they were very good early shooting the three when Michigan State was playing poorly. Just the worst effort against three-point shooting that we've seen in weeks and weeks since the Iowa game, which was a, a strategic issue. This mm-hmm. was just a not playing well issue. Um, and then they, they were able to transition from that to when Michigan State was getting better at running them off the line, taking Michigan State to the basket continually. I thought Ayala was great. I thought Wiggins was great. Those guys uh, morsel early in the game was great. And he was a guy who was, had his shoulder banged up. Mm-hmm. Couldn't tell. Um, you know, that was the thing. I mean, Daryl Morsell is going out and hitting threes. The guy shoot 24% on the year. It was, so some of it was, it was one of those days. Some of it was Maryland just played that they executed their game plan at both ends really, really well. And then some of it was Michigan state just didn't play very well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you can say, well, they hit a wall. I don't know. I didn't think Michigan State's issues – we'll see what Izzo has to say. I didn't think Michigan State's issues were a function of being too tired. Uh, you know, I, may, People can differ about that. I didn't think so. I just thought they didn't me, play well. They weren't locked in. To me, it, it looked like um, Maryland – they just looked like the team that had seven days to prepare for this. Uh, you know, Well, and, and, and you never know how that's going to go. Sometimes mm-hmm. you can come out sluggish with that kind of layoff. But you're right. The, the way that they played suggested they were locked into a scouting report. I mean, the way they handled defended Aaron Henry, that's that's the best job anybody's done on Aaron Henry all year. Yeah. Because in earlier games, if Aaron didn't impact things, that was largely down to him. Today, I thought Maryland had much more to do with his struggles shooting the ball mm-hmm. than Aaron. I thought Maryland defended the hell out of him. And that's what I mean by their game plan and their execution of it was really, really good. Those five guys on the floor were just on a string. They were just connected. Michigan State rarely had easy opportunities to score. Everything came tough, um, and they made it that way. So hats off to them. They they played like the better team today, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, some good days for uh, Joey Hauser. Uh, 11 points, 8 rebounds, 4 for 8 from the floor, 3 for 6 for 3. Um, over two from the line. Those were two you'd probably like to have back, but, um, yeah, he was okay. I, you know, a couple of those buckets came late garbage time. I, you know, it was all right. I, I, he wasn't, he wasn't terrible, but they needed him to be better than he was in my opinion. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, at some point he's got to realize that he's six foot nine and play like it. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't do that often enough. Some of it I've, I've put on Michigan State, you know, in terms of the, the way the offense was running, but it's also on him. He's got to be, there was a lot of that game 
where he was being guarded by a guy he had significant size advantages over, and he just did not take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was okay. I was much more impressed with Hall of those two guys. I thought Malik Hall finally gave Michigan State a Malik Hall kind of effort where he was working hard. He was getting to the rim and converting down there. He was active. I liked his game yep. more so than Joey's. Uh, and Gabe Brown, seven points, two for five. Um, all from three point, two for five from three. Did, years. But he got six rebounds. Didn't get clean looks. Yeah. <laughs> they did a great job. That's what I mean about they were able to simultaneously, which people have not been able to do, especially lately, they were able to simultaneously really contain Aaron Henry in the lane. Or Aaron Henry was just never unmolested in the lane. And yet they weren't giving up looks. Michigan State just could not find open shooters out of that stuff when they would double or triple and they would just mm-hmm. collapse. And, and Gabe was part of that. Gabe wasn't able to get open. You know? Um, yeah, and he played 39 minutes. Gabe did? Yeah. Yo. I didn't realize that. Um, yeah. Well, they, they needed more, but in all honesty, it's not like he passed on open shots. Yeah. Uh, and then Langford and and uh, Henry both kind of struggled from the floor. 11 points for Henry, 4 for 16. Did have 6 rebounds. Uh, Langford 12 for 3 for 13, 2 for 8 from 3. And he also had 6 rebounds. Yeah. Those guys played hard, but Maryland handled them. Maryland just felt to me, especially Aaron, but Josh also, Maryland just kind of put them in a box mm-hmm. and they get out of it. You know, it just, I'll, I'll put it to you this way. I think the secret of Michigan State's revival here lately has been they have become very difficult to play against with that physicality, all that entails. It was not fun for Indiana and Illinois and Ohio State to play Michigan State. Today that got flipped. Maryland was really hard to play against. Michigan State was not very hard to play against. That's how you get an 18 point loss. Yeah. Uh, any other players stick out? Um, they really shortened the bench this time. Yeah, well, again, because of the, I think, because Maryland plays a, a short bench, as we talked about, and they just create those dilemmas for you. And I, Izzo had to coach it the way he did once Maryland had a working lead, which they got right out of the gate with that 11 0 run to open. Michigan State was, you know, always fighting uphill in this one. And, because of that, when you've got that kind of working margin, Izzo is is going to look first and foremost at how do I how do I get stops? I get back in this thing if I get stops, and so that meant because of the way Maryland was playing and their lineups and their versatility, as I said earlier, you can't really use Julius Marble, you can't use uh, Bingham, you take those two and Sissoko, so you take those three guys pretty much entirely off the table. Mm. Um, and yeah, hats off to Mark Turgeon. He was able to work that. And so it meant that along with that, the, the end result, the impact was Michigan state had to shorten its bench because there were only so many guys they could truly afford to play. That's how you get Gabe Brown playing 39 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you look at the keys, defend the arc. Um, yeah, six for ten for Maryland in the first half, but only two for six in the second. 
um, for a total of eight for 16, but they shot 50%. Yeah. I, I think here's the problem on the attempts level. It looks good. It's deceptive. They averaged 23 attempts. They only got 16. So normally we'd say, okay, but, but the point is, um, they pretty much got to their average number of makes. I think they average about eight makes a game mm-hmm. and they got that. So they got to that number, which means you, you failed. It also set things up for them as it went where because they were effective from three, Michigan State really had to redouble their efforts to try to take that away, which in turn made them vulnerable. And we talked about this in the pregame. It made Michigan State vulnerable to penetration. Yeah. And Maryland's got a lot of different, a lot of guys, pretty much everybody who plays can put the ball on the floor. And they caused MSU lots of problems with that. Um, so I would say this is the first time in forever that I would give Michigan State a failing grade on that. Mm-hmm. It wasn't quite the Iowa disaster, but it wasn't nearly good enough. And early on, Michigan State was horrible. Yeah. Early yeah. on against the three, Michigan State was terrible. When Maryland was going five for their first six, Michigan State was nowhere to be found. That was a disgrace. Yeah, the one um, that drove that, me nuts was the two makes by Jarius Hamilton. Because, gosh, you had to know that that's what he does. That's what he does. Right, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And yet, that's what I'm talking about, just recognition. And I, I, I want to say one of those might have come when Marky was in the game and he didn't recover, I'm pretty sure. Um, think, from the right. left wing. Yeah. yeah. That's what I, that's an example of what I'm talking about. If that guy's going to be playing the five, you can't really expect Marcus Bainham to hang with him. Mm-hmm. You know, there just aren't many teams that have that kind of player. Iowa has it with Garza. And, but that's a different deal entirely. Um, but it's tough. And I could see why Maryland's having success because now that these guys are all connected and playing well together, then it ends up being a multiplying effect and you really get to those things as strengths. The fact that your five men put immense amounts of stress on the opposing fives and in Michigan State's case kind of dictated the lineups and didn't allow Michigan State to play any of their big men, which sometimes isn't a huge deal. It's not like those guys are consistently really, really productive. Mm-hmm. But you know, Marcus Bainham has been playing well lately. You'd like to see him have a chance to rim protect, you know, with all that penetration going on. But MSU just couldn't afford to play him. Uh, and then get to the rim is the second key. At points in the paint, MSU 18 Maryland twenty-two. Yeah, that that's a deceptive number. Um, it was that close, but uh, I thought Maryland was much more effective than MSU. And for MSU, period, eighteen points in the paint. That gets back to the bad old days. That's a number that you see pop up at some in some box scores when they were getting drilled. Yeah, and they I got you know I, this wasn't an eighteen-point game. Obviously, the the final score flattered Maryland a little bit. But I'd say fairly it was a 10 to 12 point game because that's where the margin was much of the way. Um, and that's what you get for Michigan State. And again, a lot of the credit for that goes to Maryland for just really executing that game plan. It, it felt like MSU, when they got the ball inside the arc, was in a phone booth. And yet MSU wasn't getting clean looks from three. Very rarely did they execute in a way that, that they got clean threes mm-hmm. off in inside out 
basketball. Occasionally they did it, but not nearly enough. And, you know, Michigan State winds up shooting 8 for 28 from the three at 33.3%. I mean, that's basically what they shoot. No, it's lower than that. 8 for 28 is lower than that. Oh, I'm sorry, 28%. I'm sorry, I was looking at the yeah. table percentage. Yeah. Um, but the fact that they have 28 shots. Way too many. Yeah. But it's what I told you. I, I really felt like a lot of those possessions, Michigan State just wasn't able to stay patient enough uh, because of how well Maryland was defending the interior yeah. that they would just jack a three at the first semi-open look. And that's not an equation for success for this team. It's just not. They don't, they don't have guys like that, you know, who can take what are questionable shots and just still make them mm-hmm. with regularity. You know, they don't have that. They, this team has guys who could be capable shooters if the offense is being executed and they're getting the right kinds of looks that they have. They don't have guys who just, you know, I think about guys with the MSU past, you know, a Sean Respert, somebody like that. Sean Respert, any shot was a good shot. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't have anybody with that capability. So it's just no what bail saw, on threes. It yeah, like. yeah, it was. It was. And, and some of them were questionable looks. Some of them, I think, were just born of, as I say, just frustration. They let Maryland's defensive effort on the interior get in their heads. And also the fact that they were down, that also plays into it. Maryland got off to that 11-0 start, and so Michigan State was fighting uphill the whole way, the yeah. whole 40 minutes, essentially. That tends to put something in your head as well. Uh, so the third key, Rocket. Um, 20 minutes, 5 points, 2 for 7, 1 for 4 from 3, um, just one rebound, an assist, and a turnover. Yeah, you know... He didn't do a lot other than that one quick burst of offense early in the second half. So I, I can't necessarily say that that he deserved better. But, man, I, I just... Some of the shots he took, I mean, maybe two, maybe three of them were just shots he had to take at the end of the shot clock because the right. offense just stalled out. Right. I didn't think he was terrible. I thought he was actually, the minutes he was out there, I thought he was better than he was the other day, a little bit. Um, but I just think, we go back to Hogart, you can't play that kid in a game that you need to win. You just can't. I mean, I'm sorry to say it. And I know that there are people that are fans of his, but for all, all the foster lawyers that have drawn over the years, it's not even comparable. This kid cannot play winning basketball right now. Not, not, he might give you a possession or two where he does something positive, but then it's erased. Mm. And, and they're at time, they're at a time now where they gotta win these games. To me, you know, pulling Rocket when he got that third foul in the second half, I, yeah, if it's me, let him go. And I know what Izzo's, Izzo's mindset is, I gotta make sure he's able to play the way we need him to play down the stretch when we really need him. That's the mindset. I forget how much time there was on the clock when that third foul was called. It was a fair amount. I think it was like at least 12 or 13 minutes, maybe even more, to go in the game. He was playing for Rocket to be able to play the last eight minutes. Then as it turned out, he didn't play all of that because they had gone to a different lineup. But um, 
yeah, he wasn't as good as he needed to be for a win. Let's put it that way. Mm. But the usage, I don't know. I, I just, it's the one thing I disagree with most strongly about this, this playing rotation is I don't think that kid is playable. Hogard, not for the minutes he's getting. They, they survived it against Ohio State. It was a little bit of fool's gold. Yeah. In that way. And we talked about that, right? Like they got, they got away with it. They probably wouldn't get away with it again. Well, they did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then That's Bo- not the oh, they lost, by the way, but it's, it's not a positive. Yeah. Uh, so boards. Um, what total rebounds? 33 for Michigan State, 31 for Maryland. Uh, Michigan State gets 13 offensive rebounds to Maryland's three. So huh. Maryland did about what we expected. They beat them on the defensive glass, but not the offensive. But Michigan State had 13 offensive rebounds. Yeah, three for Henry, two for Langford, one for Watts, two for Gabe, three for uh, Hauser, and three two for Malik Hall. Yeah. Um, well, I was... Let me do some quick math here because that's actually a, a relatively healthy number. But then again, um, we know that uh, – oh, I won't be able to get to it. How many shots did they miss on the uh, floor? Who, uh, Maryland? Michigan State. Oh, Michigan State missed 19 for 57. Okay, so that's 38 misses. So 38, yeah. that's okay. That's okay. That's about a 33%, a little over that, maybe 34, 35% uh, offensive rebounding rate. That's not bad. That that would actually, in in isolation, that would function as a positive, as a check mm-hmm. for me. Because here's the thing. Maryland, as we point out, is a really good defensive team. But, but Michigan State's second-chance points, I don't think, were very good. Those 13 boards. How many did they have? Uh, second chance points, 12 for Michigan State, 3 for Maryland. Okay, so they won that battle, but 12 second chance points off 13 offensive rebounds is not spectacular. That's about yeah. a 50%. That's about a 50% um, scoring rate for those chances. You want to be a little better than that, a little more efficient. Um, but I would say that's a mild positive for MSU because Maryland does test you. I'm just surprised it didn't feel that way to me. It felt to me like Maryland was doing what they needed to do on the defensive glass, but the numbers are there. So we'll, we'll, we'll take them. They did come in bunches though. There was a couple they possessions did. You're right. where they got like three of them in a row. Yeah. And that, that offsets what I just said a little bit. I mean, if you end up getting three offensive rebounds, and you score, well, that's only one of three, but you did score on that possession. Mm-hmm. So it's probably slightly better than that looks, but obviously the disparity wasn't nearly enough to offset the other areas of the game, which were problems. Uh, and then turnovers. Um, eight for Maryland, or eight, eight for Michigan State, seven for Maryland. God, only eight? They, they, must have played the entire second half without a turnover then. Um, that's a win, too. I mean, here's the thing. It, going into this game, if you'd have told me the, that would be the rebounding numbers and and the turnover numbers, 
I would say Michigan State would have an excellent chance to win the game because I would have figured Maryland would have a distinct advantage in turnovers, and I would have thought that Maryland had a chance to kind of play it close to a draw on the boards, and neither of those things happened. Mm. It's pretty remarkable, actually. Um, But as we say, obviously, in this game, going along with this season, you know, that's a formula that is tried and true for Michigan State over time is those career. If you have those kind of numbers in those two areas, Michigan State, I, I would guess Michigan State would win 90% of the games they played, something like that, probably, definitely 80-plus. Yeah. Um, if they have that kind of performance and rebounding and turnovers in terms of a gap with the other team, today it wasn't even close. Uh, yeah, I mean, free throws were the big one in this in this one. I mean, it was, Maryland's it was a big 23 factor. for 24. Yeah. Uh, Michigan State's 9 for 15. That's a huge yeah, deficit. Yeah, that, well, you're right. That's 14 points. That's essentially your margin, you know. Um, I, I thought that, and again, it was Maryland does this, so it's not a surprise. Maryland gets to the foul line a lot. They don't shoot like that. They're a 69% shooting team, so you would have expected. How many attempts did they have? 25? 24. 24. So you would have expected, you know, six misses, five or six misses, and they had one miss. So that's plus four or five points from what you would expect from them. That's credit to them. They, They stepped up and hit shots. And it wasn't just their guys who were better free throw shooters. They had guys who have not shot very well, more so shot well. Galen Smith, I mean, they had guys that are just not good free throw shooters stepped up and hit their free throws. So, um, you know, credit to them. What can you do? And then on the other end, Michigan State didn't get a lot of chances, and then they didn't shoot very well the ones that they did get. Nine for 15 is not – this has been a pretty good free throw shooting team on the season. It was not good today. Yeah, yeah. Um, so they didn't help themselves there. But I think the, the biggest story in that is – if you were to take any comfort from the fact that Michigan State limited Maryland's three-point attempts, I don't because I think it was reflective of the greater truth in this instance, which was Maryland then chose to drive the ball relentlessly, and Michigan State couldn't guard them that way without fouling. They just couldn't. I mean, the vast majority of those free-throw attempts Maryland had were off Maryland penetration where Michigan fouled somebody at the rim. Yeah, that was the majority of it. As as I think back, I don't know that for certain, but anecdotally, that was my impression. A lot. For, how many did Ayala attempt? Uh, Ayala had one for five. No, oh, oh from free the floor. Throws. Oh, free throws. Thirteen for thirteen. There you go. So Ayala had half of their attempts, slightly over. He destroyed them off the dribble. Just absolutely destroyed them. And they tried a lot of different guys on them. And, you know, and unfortunately, MSU really couldn't afford to play Aaron Henry on them a lot. You know, which is the one guy you'd say, okay, maybe that's what you got to do. But if they had done that with the lineups Michigan State was playing, some other guys would have, I think, done some real damage. So that was, that was a problem. Maryland just, Right now, the way they're playing, that's a dangerous team. If I were 
I'm not sure Michigan's got anybody to fear with the way they're playing, but everybody else, if you're in Ohio State, you're in Illinois, you're in Iowa, I'm not sure you want to see Maryland. Yeah, I agree. They because that that's a team that is really peaking, and I, I was just very, very impressed. You know, we talked about how this four-game win streak has come against teams that just aren't very good, mm. which is true, but you know, other than Rutgers, who's okay. But um, what I saw today, man, that that's that's a group that is is playing very very good basketball, and because of their personnel, they are going to be very difficult for certain teams in the Big Ten to deal with. Now, as I said, if you've got a Garza or a Coburn, you have somebody who physically might well be able to make them pay mm-hmm. for going that small, which Michigan State can't really do. So that is a difference. But on the other hand, they're really man, good at doubling down, though. And, and, and you can tell that's something they've been working on and knew that they it, would deal with. It is, but it's also a different deal doing that against Garza. Coburn, maybe you get something done because he won't pass. Uh-huh. But against Garza with Iowa shooters, I don't know. Ohio State, you know, uh, Liddell can pass. You know, they've got shooters. But still, all that said, I – I would be very, very nervous about a semifinal type matchup uh, or a quarterfinal type matchup with with Maryland if I were one of those teams um, with the way they're playing and just the stress they put on you with that, that lineup. It's a it's a real positive if you can play that way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, if your five man can do the things that Scott can do, and Scott really didn't even have a great day for him in terms of scoring the ball. But I think he had four or five assists. Yeah. Um, so Scott had five assists. Um, that offsets the fact that maybe he didn't score the way that you would normally expect him to. Um, but I, I just think he put so much stress on an opponent because of the different things he can do um, that they're going to be a tough out. They're going to be a tough out. Yeah, so uh, Indiana next up. Um, yeah. W- what's your thoughts coming into this one? Now, now this sort of feels like a, a must-win game now. I would agree. I would agree with that. Um, I think that, look, there's a lot. Of, I, I've taken a quick peek at the Spartan Mag board, and I'm sure MSU Twitter is all on this. My opinion, and it's worth what you're paying for this podcast, but in my opinion, <laughs> um. No, this does not mean that Michigan State needs to beat Michigan to get a tournament bid. If they did get a win over Michigan in one of those two games, that would be very large. Huge. Um, but I still don't believe they're in that position, provided that you win the game on Tuesday night at Breslin. I think you have to beat Indiana. So I would agree with you. That falls into the must category. And over the years, very, very rarely do I agree with this game is a must because it usually isn't. Mm-hmm. There very rarely is Michigan State in a position where something is a must. Other than if you're talking about things like last year against Ohio State, you had to win that to get a share of the Big Ten title, right? Those situations, yes, but very, very rarely are there musts. This is a must because if you lose to Indiana – then I think you are in a position where you probably need to get one against Michigan 
and at least one in the Big Ten tournament. I think this. I think if you beat Indiana, you lose the two to Michigan, and then you win at least one in the Big Ten tournament, again, I'm not on the committee, but I think that's going to be enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's going to be enough. And, you know, now the thing to consider is Indiana is in a very dire situation right now themselves in terms of a, a tournament bid. Um, they, it's at least as big for them as it is for Michigan State. So I expect that is going to be a game where two very desperate teams are playing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Michigan State can feel good. They won the first matchup, but hey, this is a whole new ball game, obviously, and you've got to find a way. And it's it's tough with this schedule. I mean, you're basically back on this one day off. They fly home tonight, I assume, or late this afternoon. Get home. They got tomorrow to work on Indiana, and then you turn around the next day and play them. Now, the only good news is they just saw Indiana. Yeah. So from a game plan point, and I don't expect Indiana will do very much differently. And Indiana's only got one more day to, they played yesterday, so they only had one more day to play. It's not about like what we had today, or even with Ohio State, where the other team had multiple more days than you mm-hmm. to focus on. Indiana basically has one extra day. That's not, considering they got to travel to East Lansing, that's basically nullified. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I think they got to get it. And if they get it, I think that puts them in a situation where the worst they're going to be is 8-12 in the league. And this league, with the wins that they have, I think that's probably enough. They would have three wins for sure over NCAA tournament teams. That's what they have now. I think Rutgers is in, and I think, um, obviously, Ohio State and Illinois are as well. Mm-hmm. If they beat Indiana again, I don't know that Indiana is going to be a tournament team when push comes to shove. Um, so those two wins wouldn't mean as much as they did at the time MSU got the first one where people thought IU was in. Um, but whatever. I think it'll be enough. And, and then you got to see what happens with Duke. Mm-hmm. It's maybe a fourth. That's not a ton. You know, at Michigan State, you're used to bigger numbers than that in terms of wins over tournament teams. But I do think people need to realize that in a year where it's very much a crapshoot, as to how much the metric systems are are just employed with extreme prejudice or whether the committee is taking some other things into account, I have to believe the wins over Illinois and Ohio State are going to mean a lot. Those were big wins. Even with what happened today, if you had told me, you know, you can win one of those two games and then beat Maryland. I would take the scenario that Michigan State has. Yeah. No, for sure. I might differ with that because they'd say, well, Maryland is a road game. That means more. Eh, generally speaking, it does. But when you're talking about top five teams, I think it doesn't matter where you beat them. Mm. That's a big deal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, do you have cause to be concerned if you're a Michigan State fan? Absolutely. Is that Indiana game huge? Without a doubt. Is this cause for panic? Is this cause to think, well, now they've got to beat Michigan? They, or I've seen some people say they got to go, they got to run the table, which is absolutely false. I don't think that, and, and there's no world where they got to go three and up. No, I don't Finish. think so either. No, and and two and one would be a lock. 
Um, I even think if they lost to Indiana but they got one of the two against Michigan, that would put them in, provided they don't fall flat on their face in the term in the Big mm-hmm. Ten tournament. Yeah. So a lot of equations, but uh, it was a bummer today that it, it the way it did much much better if they'd gotten a win. But nothing's over yet. They're they're still in it with lots to play for. That's my position. Okay, well, we'll get the next uh, preview up for Indiana here in the next few days. And then uh, until then, the Final Four is not on the schedule. For the ones standing guard, for the eagle-eyed, for the knights in shining armor, and for all those who support them, we are Granger, your experienced safety partner. Offering supplies and solutions for every industry. Committed to helping keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, click com slash safety, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.